when you tell friends or family that you're going to visit Iran, you're often asked why. Sure, all seats are in the upright position and trays are put away before we take off. And it's not just any why. They look at you like you're crazy. The worst offenders are often other Iranians who also instill fear that you're walking into a lawless country. But then you're on a Boeing 747 with 500 other people on one of at least a dozen flights that land there daily. After more than a full day of travel, you finally land in Tehran. The airport terminal looks like any other airport terminal. You go through customs and the agent casually checks your passport and says, welcome to Tehran. You get your bags and go out the terminal doors and it's just like any other big city. People buzzing, cars honking, and taxis fighting to be your driver. I was imagining that the customs line would be men with machine guns or imagining as soon as they see you're American, they're like, get out of this country kind of thing. That's our producer, Adrian. If you're like her, a lot of your perceptions or ideas about Iran are probably wrong. But I don't blame you. My wife and I are from Iran. Even we have misperceptions. I still get nervous whenever I'm going in or leaving the country. Laren was also born in Iran. And coincidentally, we both left the country in 1984 in the middle of the Iran-Iraq war. Tehran, capital of Iran. 400 miles from the battlefields, it became a new front line from 1984. As Iran seized the initiative, Iraq began air and missile attacks in the so-called War of the Cities. Our memories and fears were shaped at a different time in Iran's history. Total war, reaching out to touch civilians as much as the military. Portrayals of Iran on the news or in movies and TV have reinforced my perception of it as a primitive country with outdated technology and helpless people forced to live in the dark ages. You may not expect that a country like Iran could possibly be home to high-tech startups and scrappy entrepreneurs who build successful companies in spite of the failures and roadblocks they face along the way. Like entrepreneurs everywhere, they've learned to believe in themselves. Back home, I had this struggle with my dad and he was like looking at me like, are you crazy? Everyone was like, she's insane. That was Sana Khalesi. She's built one of Iran's most successful social commerce platforms, which is also exclusively for women. I believed in myself by then, like I had no doubt. I saw a very bright future. This is Tehran Disrupted, a podcast about Iranian tech companies and their founders. These stories teach us about what it's like to live and work in a sort of bubble set apart from the rest of the world and the resiliency and grit that comes as a result. Episode 1, Digikala, the Amazon of Iran. 
My name is Hamid Shojai, and I love learning about startups, building startups, and investing in startups. I can't help it. It's in my blood. I was 15 when I started my first business, and I dropped out of college to build my first software company. I'm an Iranian-American. I moved with my family to the United States when I was 10 years old. Like most Americans my age, I grew up watching Gilligan's Island and The Brady Bunch and rooting for Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan, but I'm also proud of my Persian heritage. Recently, Laudan and I visited Iran with our two kids. We saw family and toured Tehran, Iran's capital. We also sat down with some of the most successful tech founders in the country, and we were so inspired by these smart and innovative entrepreneurs. They told us about what it's like to build a tech company in Iran and what everyday life is like there. My eyes were open to the challenges Iranians face, the resiliency of the people, and the way the country is influenced by major international policies, especially recent policies that have closed Iran's borders to the rest of the world. It's impossible to talk about Iran's startups without talking about Digicala. Laudan and I met with Hamid. I'm Hamid Mohammadi. Yes, we have the same name. I'm the founder of, uh, co-founder of Digicala with my twin brother, Saeed. Hamid is in his early 40s and one of the most successful tech founders in the country. But he's very casual and down to earth. We started working on Digicala from 2006 and launched in 2007. We interviewed him in a conference room on the top floor of his office in Tehran. Why did you start Digicala? The reason we start uh, Digicala was based on a real story and real need we saw in the market, Iran's market. Digicala is the Amazon of Iran. Most of the country's population uses the site every month. More than half of all of Iran's online shopping transactions go through Digicala. If you ask them, for example, online shopping, they give you the answer of Digicala. Or if you ask them about even shopping, uh, in most of the cases, uh, the answer is Digicala. Like Amazon, Digicala came from humble beginnings. It was 2005, and Hamid and his brother Saeed wanted to invest in a good digital camera. All of our saving was around $1,000 at the moment, and uh, we decided to buy together a DSLR, the entry-level DSLR. At first, they went to several different camera stores, but they couldn't find any information about what brand and model to buy or what specs they should be looking for. So they turned to the World Wide Web. Remember, this is 2005, and buying online wasn't the default yet, not even in the U.S. We saw a few very nice uh, review websites, like DP Review, which Amazon actually bought the company later. These websites featured reviews from experts and users, as well as actual photos of the cameras. Actually, we, we chose a few models. We printed all the pages, 100 pages, and it was a really nice experience. After a month of research, the brothers decided on an icon. So we decided to buy it. We went again to the market, and you know, it was very difficult to find a place uh, to buy that uh, specific model. 
They finally found the right camera, but the seller suggested getting a different lens. They bought the new lens, but when they took it home, they realized it was used and didn't work with their camera. In fact, the lens wasn't even made for digital cameras. Even for us, with that one month of uh, doing research to, to select a digital camera, still buying is a pain. They decided something had to be done to fix this problem. We thought that maybe there's a need in the market to start a website of review in Persian language, uh, Farsi language, and it, it was our passion. They built the website and started writing reviews of different products they used. But then they got an idea to take it one step further. We thought that it will be so good if we give the chance to the customers, to the readers of the reviews to buy from one place. On the one roof, we have the review and actually the, the e-commerce functionalities. It was the beginning of digital. Before starting Digicala, Hamid had worked for only three years, first in software and then as a product manager of engineering processes at a water and power company. Then he started his two-year military service, which is mandatory for all Iranian men 18 and older. He actually started working on Digicala while he was serving in the military. Meanwhile, Saeed was working as an engineer for one of the main contractors in the oil industry. The two officially started working on Digicala in 2006 and launched the company in 2007. They were only 26 at the time and didn't have much business experience. What little they knew about business, the brothers knew even less about doing business online. And we didn't really know that Amazon is a real e-commerce. We, maybe you cannot believe that we even thought that Amazon was a bookseller in that year. In fact, Amazon had started selling other products besides books six years earlier, in 1999. When Hamid and Said started Digicala, they weren't planning on building a big company. They definitely weren't planning on copying what Amazon was doing in the U.S. No, we didn't care about, you know, what is around us in the world. So we were focused on the, the need we felt. It helped that they had each other, Hamid says there are a lot of advantages to working with your twin. It's like you always have somebody to replace you, you know. Anything you do, you can uh, ask the other one to do it. It's same, no, you know, uh, it's same quality, same, you know, mindset, same approach. So they have a copy of yourself. Everyone wants a copy of this. They literally say, if I could clone myself, I could do so much more. You actually have a clone of yourself. The rest of their family wasn't sure about Hamid and Saeed starting a brand new business. They had huge doubts of what are you doing? Do you know what are you doing? Who buys things online? You know, 15 years ago, we are talking about 15 years ago. In that time, nobody see anybody around them buying things online. 
Hamid and Saeed still felt supported. Older brother supported us uh, very much. Actually, the first office we had was an office we got from our older brother for free for two years. The brothers believed in their idea, and they were looking ahead to the future. We believed that it was the right uh, time to start this because of the trend of, you know, electronic devices, you know, like mobile phones, like tablets, like laptops, like digital cameras. Everybody had or wanted to buy at least one of these things. They started their business with just $10,000, and now it could possibly be worth more than a billion dollars. For several years, Hamid and Saeed didn't raise any capital. So we started the business with this money and grew the business more than 300 or more than 200, 300% year-on-year growth for six years. The, the reason why we, we didn't get money in the first six years was that you know, in Iran there were no VC or let's say a startup. Even we heard the startup term after 10 years of from the beginning of the, the business. Initially, they invested all their profit back into the company. They closed their first round of fundraising six years later in 2012 with an investment of $10 million. Digicala has continued to grow, and now it's Iran's most successful startup. They're hoping to be the first tech company to go public in the Iranian stock market sometime in 2022. The company has around 8,000 employees and a massive distribution network. Digicala even has its own version of Amazon Prime. And while the company is still private, Hamid did share that Digicala saw 160% year-over-year growth last year during COVID, and the number of employees doubled. But according to Hamid, Digicala hasn't yet reached its full potential. Digicala now has around 1.5% of total retail of Iran, which is considerable, but still... Uh, has big room for growth. E-commerce is 2-3% of Iran's total retail market. That means that Digicala facilitates more than half of Iran's total e-commerce sales. Those are market share numbers that Amazon can only dream of. But as with any startup, this massive success has come with major headaches. On top of the inherent challenges of building a business, Hamid and Saeed had to deal with challenges unique to Iran. The main and the biggest problem here we see is the, the amount of investment in this ecosystem. When we compare the, the amount of investment in the last, let's say, 15 years from the beginning of the e-commerce in Iran until now, the amount of investment, as we calculated in Digicola, it is less than $300 million. million may sound like a lot of money, but in terms of investment capital for the entire tech sector over a 15-year period, it's a drop in the bucket. The amount of investment in Iran should be at least 10 times of this uh, $300 million, maximum $300 million. 
To put that in perspective, in Iran's neighboring countries like Turkey and the UAE, it's not uncommon for a single company to raise more than a billion dollars in capital. And the U.S. had $130 billion in investment capital in 2020 alone, in the middle of a global pandemic. The local money from VCs or even angel investors, private sector, is not enough for this market. Actually, we had this experience of, in the last four years at least, we didn't see any coming money from outside of Iran to the Iran market because of the sanctions and lots of other issues. These sanctions are somewhat of a double-edged sword. On one hand, they eliminated international competition almost completely, which allowed companies like Digicala to thrive. But on the other hand, Iran is in a sort of bubble. Nothing from the Western world goes in or out, at least officially. The sanctions have caused a number of other problems too. It was a threat, it was a challenge for us uh, having the sanctions. With these sanctions, companies can't even use something as simple but critical as Google Suite for their operations. Expansion is a challenge for us. At the same time, seeing a, a huge amount of migration from Iran. The sanctions also ruined supply chain and stopped foreign investments. There was a brief period of hope starting in 2015. Today, after two years of negotiations, the United States, together with our international partners, has achieved something that decades of animosity has not. A comprehensive long-term deal with Iran that will prevent it from obtaining a nuclear weapon. The JCPOA, or the Iran nuclear deal, cleared the way for foreign investment in Iran. Shortly after, in 2016, Digicala received a $100 million investment from a European VC firm at around a $500 million valuation. That was unprecedented for an Iranian company. But then, the U.S. pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal in 2018, and the sanctions were back on. In a few moments, I will sign a presidential memorandum to begin reinstating U.S. nuclear sanctions on the Iranian regime. We will be instituting the highest level of economic sanction. As a result, all foreign investments stopped completely. And local investors aren't putting up any money either. Even in that golden time of you know, not seeing foreign money in the market, the local investors didn't actually show any interest to put their money in this. Uh, I mean, big money in this market. But Hami doesn't blame them. I cannot say that it's a mistake from the investors. It's the nature of economy in Iran. When the U.S. withdrawal from the Iran nuclear deal became imminent, Iran started seeing significant inflation. The exchange rate when we were there was roughly 24,500 toman to a single dollar. Five years ago, the exchange rate was around 3,500 toman to a dollar. That's a 700% increase. That means prices of everything that is imported into Iran is now seven times higher than just five years ago. But workers' wages haven't kept up. The average worker makes about two to $300 a month. 
With that two to three hundred dollars, they're expected to pay their phone bill, utilities, rent, and also feed themselves and their families. It's just not realistic. This creates another challenge for startups. When prices can dramatically increase from month to month, sometimes by as much as fifty percent, companies have to adjust their employees' pay rates regularly.、Uh, everybody had to do that because if we don't do that, we lose the talents. In order to attract senior engineers, the company offers several perks, including stock options. Hamid's making big bets on the next phase of Digicala's growth. He recognizes Amazon as the most successful e-commerce platform in the world. But at the same time, to be honest, I have respect also to the e-commerces from China, even more than Amazon and the U.S. e-commerce ecosystem. Hamid says that one of the strongest elements of China's e-commerce platforms is what he calls decentralization. Decentralization takes control out of the hands of the platform and gives it back to the sellers themselves. So, in the Chinese e-commerce, you see lots of social types of e-commerces, and we believe that it will be the next generation of e-commerce, relying on people, not relying on. The platform itself, and the fulfillment centers, and you know, the logistics network, like Amazon type of e-commerce, customers to influencers, KOLs, even brands and sellers themselves. What he's describing here is similar to YouTube's model, where YouTube provides the infrastructure and the users provide the content. We believe that this is the next generation. And we need to invest in this new generation. For example, if you if you look at Amazon, around forty percent of the business of Amazon is retail, and around sixty percent, a little more maybe, is marketplace. So Amazon itself competes very hard with the other sellers, third-party sellers. Hamid just nailed the number one reason that many in the U.S. want to break up Amazon because it competes with and often crushes its own sellers. When we look at the Chinese model and the, the decentralized model, you see much more participation from sellers. When you rely on hundred thousand or millions of the sellers, every single Ones can do the the business in their own scope better than the us or Amazon or the platform itself. Hamid believes that e-commerce platforms should stay out of the way, and that's what he plans to do with Digicala. The big number of sellers is a benefit, and sellers are very distributed in the country. Which could lead to a more efficient distribution network and allow the company to scale much more quickly. I believe that the experience will be much, much better than、uh, the centralized, because the platform cannot afford to to control everything. This is the reality. This is the fact. Hamid is taking what he admires about Amazon and Western e-commerce and combining it with Chinese strategies to maintain Digicala's leadership. In Iran's online market, there's a famous monument that marks the western entrance into Tehran. It's called the Azadi Tower. It's this massive triangular structure that stands nearly 150 feet tall. 
It was built in 1971 and includes elements of both ancient and modern architectural styles. The tower is shaped like an upside-down Y, and it stretches across a wide walkway in Azadi Square, a park that at any given time is full of people relaxing and admiring the monument. The Azadi Tower has become an iconic landmark and is a main focal point of Tehran's skyline. Azadi means freedom in Farsi, and the tower has been the site of some of the country's biggest and most turbulent political events in history like the 1979 Islamic Revolution, which established Iran as an Islamic Republic, and the Green Movement, where hundreds of thousands gathered in protest against the results of the 2009 Iranian election. The tower represents hope and progress, regardless of political, social, and economic challenges. I visited the Azadi Tower in between my interviews with these founders, and I feel like it perfectly symbolizes the Iranian entrepreneurial spirit. In spite of all the constraints founders like Hamid and his brother have faced, from sanctions to infrastructure to an overreaching government, they've all managed to find a way to build successful and really amazing companies. If you have a real, real passion and real feeling of I need to start this, you know, without that, it would be difficult to be successful. You really want to build a solution, to make a solution. It means that, uh, you know, you can uh, actually go and make something. This podcast will tell the fascinating stories behind some of Iran's most successful tech startups and their founders. Tehran Disrupted is produced by me, Hamid Chojai, and Adrian St. Clair, with help from Laudan Chojai. Sound editing, mixing, and mastering by Regina Revazova of Open Conversation. Special thanks to Nasser Ghanemzadeh for getting us in touch with many of these founders. Music in this episode is courtesy of Epidemic Sound, Blue Dot Sessions, and Envato Elements.